Welcome to Informing Your Faith. Uh, I'm your host, Jared Cooper, and on today's episode, uh, Pastor Paul and I are going to talk about the issue of sanctification. So, Paul, I know you have spent uh, a good part of your study on this topic of sanctification, so I'd like to hear from you, uh, why is it that you've spent such an emphasis on sanctification? Yeah, I have done a lot of study on this issue of sanctification, Christian growth, the Christian life. Uh, and part of the reason why is because this is my life as a believer in Christ Jesus. I've been called to be holy as my heavenly Father is holy. I've been called to Christ-likeness. And so I want to understand what that means and, and how I go about that so I can be faithful to what the Scripture says about that. But then also in ministry as a pastor— uh, everything that I'm doing in ministry is aimed at making and maturing disciples. And so I want to know well how to share the gospel with people so that they can be converted and have their sins forgiven. But also, I, I want to be useful to those around me as they're seeking to mature in their Christian faith. And so the, the more that I can understand how this works, the more I can understand God's perspective on the issue of sanctification, Christian maturity, and holiness, the more helpful I can be to others in my shepherding ministry, in my counseling ministry, in my preaching ministry. I think uh, one of the things that you'll find is that the preachers that are most helpful aren't aren't the preachers who tell the best stories, aren't the preachers who have the best illustrations, but the preachers who are most helpful are those who most understand true theology, especially a theology of sanctification and how people grow. I want my ministry to be an effective means of grace in the life of God's people. And and that was a big part of what drove me uh, in my study is to try to, to mine out all that God's Word says on this issue so that I could be most helpful to those around me in their own walk with the Lord. Okay, so what is it then maybe that uh, you've put your finger on, you're saying, okay, I need to study this out, not just for my own holiness, but I also see some false views, some poor views, because if we have preachers that you're looking at and you're saying, hey, these preachers are faithful, and I think it's because of their view of sanctification, or I've seen some of that. Right. Why is that? Well, there are a lot of misconceptions, and there is a lot of confusion over the issue of sanctification, the Christian life. That's another reason why I really wanted to dig into this issue, because I was just seeing so many people struggle with this issue and, and really have no footing under them to kind of deal with the issues of life and grow in the Lord. It's almost like within evangelicalism, there's this idea. Some people grow and some people don't, and nobody really knows why. It's kind of like this mysterious thing. That guy over there is more mature and great for him. I don't have that secret, uh, so I'm just happy being a church attender and and just kind of languishing along in my Christian life, and that's kind of normal. The other guy, maybe he should go to seminary because he's growing in the Lord. It's like there's these tiers of exactly. Christianity. Exactly, and nobody quite knows how to get up to the next tier either, right. <clears throat> so it's a double misconception. And the illustration I've used many times is that uh, when I was growing up, uh, my dad, 
who, who is a great and godly man, but also slightly insane. Uh, uh, <laughs> he, he, he loved puzzles so much that occasionally I would catch him doing a puzzle picture down. So just cardboard side up that this, this guy is putting a puzzle together. And, and so now when you put it's a puzzle, all, it's all coming together. It's my childhood. Coming. That's right. Exactly. So, <laughs> so now like when you put a puzzle together, the first thing you do is you find the edges of it. Then you're looking at the picture and you're using the picture as a reference point. You can't really do any of that. If you're putting the puzzle piece up, uh, putting the puzzle together, picture side down, yep. it's just kind of, you're randomly trying things. And if it works great, and if it doesn't, you throw that out and you try something else. Well, I think that's how a lot of people approach Christian life. Uh, I'll try this. I'll do this. I'll try this over here. If it doesn't work, I'll throw it out and try something else. Oh, this worked for this guy. I'm going to try that. That's why there's so many crazy Christian fads. I mean, that's when I, you know, I remember a long time ago for, for me, at least you, know, you, you had this fad of the prayer of Jabez. You, you, you've got purpose driven everything you've got, you know, you, you've got all these fads that come through. And part of the reason why people sell so many books on that. And, and part of the reason why so many people jump on these spiritual bandwagons is because they're desperate for clarity on how to move forward. Uh, true believers don't want to languish in sin and unbelief that they, they through their regeneration through the work of the spirit in them they they want to grow and they just need instruction and shepherding on how to so i think uh i would say that the 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 when it comes to evangelicalism and the issue of sanctification one if you say the word sanctification i think there's a lot of people that wouldn't even know what that means you know right. growing in holiness being holy in christ conforming to the image of christ uh, uh but then but then even amongst those who would uh, have a a theological understanding of of sanctification there are just so many that are confused then on how that practically takes place okay so maybe let's get into some of the the specifics that you're thinking, okay, here's some, here's a really bad view of sanctification, or here are some of the bad views of sanctification that you've seen in the past. Because I think in my own Christian life, just coming from different church backgrounds, um, you know, I don't think there was ever an emphasis on sanctification. It was you showed up to church, you read your Bible, you prayed, and you know, hopefully, out of that, right, at some point. Key point, begin, hopefully. You begin to understand what faith is. You begin to exercise faith. You begin to, right. you know, you just pick a Bible verse. You start studying that. So what does that even look like? So maybe what are some of those bad thought processes? Maybe what are some of those bad methods for sanctification, spiritual growth? Yeah, I'll list out just kind of a few, and you can stop me and ask questions if as we go on that. But 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 one of them I would say would be what, what I would call a mysticism. And, and you've, you've almost described it exactly okay. you know it's just like hey i wouldn't say i was well okay i mean come on no but the idea <laughs> of just hey i'm struggling in the lord great have you have you read your bible today uh yeah well okay just keep doing that and maybe something will work out of that rather than saying hey here are specific truths that will deal with specific issues in your life and here's how you need to exercise faith and here's what obedience looks like so so that would be specific truth to deal with those issues just Hey, go read your Bible. Almost like uh, 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 some kind of magical process is going to take foot. place. Rabbit's foot, right? That's what I mean by a, 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 
a mystical approach. I think there's a lot of people that think, well, just if I just show up to church or if I just crack open my Bible every once in a while, uh, then I'm just going to magically grow. And, and, and church attendance and Bible reading are means of grace, but they have to be properly appropriated to, to benefit people. You have to respond in faith and obedience. So I just think there's a lot of mystical views out there that have been influenced by a lot of theological movements of the past, even, you know, the Keswick movement, the let go and let God. Uh, and what it does is it, it, it almost removes the will and it, and it, and it removes submitting your will from the process of sanctification. That's what mysticism does. It just kind of like, hey, if you kind of put yourself in the right position, then you will automatically kind of want to and will do these things rather than saying, no, you, you've got to encounter the truth, you've got to believe the truth, you've got to submit to the truth, and then your will it is going to bend towards God's will in a joyful way. But but that's going to be the fruit of these other battles leading up to it. And I, and I think uh, the, the mystical view just wants the fruit without doing any of the previous groundwork and sowing uh, uh, on the heart and faith. And so I think that's a common way in which people are frustrated. You know, you just, you know, people have heard, just go read your Bible so often. It's like, well, I don't know what to, like, if I'm, if I'm struggling with purity and I just pick up my Bible and randomly read the book of Deuteronomy, book of Numbers, that may or may not, you know, if I'm struggling with purity and I just start reading the Song of Solomon, that, that may not be where that guy wants to start, right? So, so it's, it's, it's rather than just mystically thinking, Hey, if I crack open my Bible, uh, uh, that's just going to do something. It's saying, Hey, where are specific truths that address the specific issues of my life? Um, that, that's a big step in, in coming to a right view of sanctification. I remember speaking with a missionary in the Philippines, he was walking through kind of an outdoor market and he noticed that a little Filipino vendor had a page of the Quran uh, uh, up on her uh, little uh, uh, wall there, and uh, it was in Arabic, and, and so he knew a little Arabic, and so he asked the gal, do, do you know Arabic? And she, she said, no. And he said, well, why, why do you have an Arabic paper up on your wall from the Quran? And, and she's just like, well, it's, it's, it's holy writings. And basically, it's good luck to have it there. It'll keep the bad spirits away, and it'll make me lucky. And, you know, obviously, that's a mystical, that's, that's kind of a, a, a nonsensical, illogical view of how the world works and how spirituality works. But it's also kind of similar to the way some people treat their Bible. You know, if I just crack open and read a random Bible verse without really understanding it, I, hey, I read my Bible today, so now good things are going to happen to me. And so that kind of mystical approach to the Christian life and to God's word uh, is is not going to benefit anybody. That that's a product as well of the charismatic movement of looking for direction from God outside of God's word. Um, you know the, the 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 God God's telling me this. God's telling me this. And my my you know, you hear that so frequently. And, and, and my response is always, how do you know? <laughs> how do you know it's not just what you want to do? And so what happens is that people don't know where to look. So they start looking inwardly 
and they've got these desires that they want, but then they kind of mystify those desires and spiritualize those desires by saying, hey, this is God leading me or telling me to do this. And and so now all they've just done is kind of, they're doing what they want to do, but they're saying God's telling them to do it. And then they're expecting for it to lead to spiritual growth. And it just, it just doesn't just doesn't. It disconnects them from the truth of God because rather than looking outside of themselves in faith to the truth of God, they're just looking to their own desires and they may not, they may not really even realize that because they've bathed the whole thing in some kind of mystical or charismatic theology. Yeah. What about, um, I mean, in danger of messing up future podcasts, why don't you talk about a little bit just what does it look like to to battle against that specifically? So right. if maybe that's my it's been, that's been my approach, I want to grow spiritually, but I'm just opening my Bible and just hoping for the best. Right. What are how maybe should I dial that in? Because that is a good approach. Go to your go to the Word. Right. Pray. Be involved in in, in study. Right. But how how do I do that so that I'm effective? Well, I think one thing that that is. Uh, helpful for me in my own life is I'm trying to examine my heart and recognize what are the specific issues in my heart. I'm trying to discern weaknesses. If you're a believer and you don't know what your weaknesses are, you're just blind. You know what? Where where are your common temptations? Is there any besetting sin in your life? Is there any area of your life where you're resisting the lordship of Christ Jesus. Uh, you know, sometimes we're blind to that and we need we need God's people around us to help us see those things. But ideally, in a mature believer's life, you know those things better than anyone else does. And uh, and again, we're biased toward ourselves, so we need we need help from disciplers and shepherds. And uh, but um, I think part of it begins with identifying what are the specific issues in my heart. I think that a lot of times people, the the greatest, the, the biggest mistake that people often make is from the start of an issue in their life, they confuse what the biggest problem is. If you were to talk to them, hey, what's the problem of your life? What you would discover is that they think that the main problem in their life is they're not getting what they want. The so situa- circumstances need to change so that I can get. Exactly. I thought this would happen. I thought this person would respond this way. I thought this would happen uh, uh, financially, professionally, personally. And and so the trials then are, these things are not happening the way I thought they would happen. And, and certainly that's hard, but really the, the biggest danger in our life is that we would respond sinfully rather than submissively to Christ. That's the main issue. Right. So so now I've got to identify what is it that would keep me from submitting to Christ in this area. And then once I've identified a specific issue in my heart, whether it's a specific anxiety, a specific anger, a specific temptation, uh, a fear of man, whatever. Once I've identified that, I've got to go back and say, okay, what specific truths in God's word then address that issue? If I'm fearful about financial issues. Okay. What are specific promises that God has given to God's people about provision? What are specific principles that, for instance, the book of Proverbs gives me about 
working hard so that I can provide. What are, what are, okay, this is supposed to be hard actually. And Paul even says, if, if a man does not work, uh, then, uh, he should not eat. Right. So, so now I've got, I've got a whole cluster of, of promises and principles and implications and truths that now are ministering to my heart in specific ways in which I'm weak. And and so what that requires is I have to accurately diagnose what's going on in my heart, which a lot of times I'll need help with that from, from, from faithful friends and fellow believers. And then it requires me to have an accurate understanding of what God's word says. Because if I'm misunderstanding what's going on in my heart, I'm not going to apply the right truth to it. And if I'm misunderstanding the truth, it's not going to address the issue. Um, I gave an illustration of this recently, but a number of years back, I was very, very ill, uh, lost quite a bit of weight, and uh, which uh, very odd for me, I wasn't eating. <laughs> I was just so sick, and and they ran all kinds of tests, they tried all kinds of medicines. And, and in fact, a lot of the medicine they gave me made me worse. And, and, and finally, did, they did one final test to find out that my gallbladder had ceased functioning completely. Oh, that was a problem. Well, well they, they basically rushed me to the hospital, pulled my gallbladder out. And that night, I was home sitting up and ate virtually an entire cheese pizza by myself the same day I had that surgery, right? Uh, so, so what needed to happen is I needed a right diagnosis of the problem, and then, okay, now I need to come in with the right treatment, similar with spiritual issues, similar with growth and sanctification. I, I, I've got to try to be specific, not vague. I've got to be objective, not subjective. I need to rightly understand what is it that's specifically bothering me in my life and why? And then what does God's word specifically say about that? I think that kind of thoroughness in the Christian life is very difficult. Uh, it's very humbling. It can be time consuming. It requires dedicated thought. And I think that's what makes it tough for some people sometimes. You know, sometimes you've just got to. Uh, stop doom scrolling and just think about the issues of your life a little bit. And I think in, in that, so from a, you know, to kind of tee off of what you were talking about with a mystical approach, you're saying just the opposite. Don't just do it to do it. Like I'm going to understand truth through osmosis. Right. I need to understand what it is I'm reading and what, the, what it is that's going on in my heart so that I can faithfully, you know, deal with those sins. Yep. Yep, I mean, and and this is all a part of the mind renewing process that's at the heart of sanctification. We we have to, as we talk about on the podcast, you have to inform your faith. You have to understand what you believe if you're going to really believe it. Because if you don't understand what you believe, you don't believe it. Right. So you've got to grow in your understanding of these things. Your mind has to be renewed so that now you're thinking about issues the way God would think about issues. That's a key component in the life of sanctification. If we have to be holy as our God is holy, then we have to start by thinking about issues as our God would think about issues, which is what drives us back to the Scripture 
and, and, and motivates us to apply the specific truths of God's Word to the specific issues of our heart. Thank you.